Hey, I'm Grant with Grant's Game Rex. Every month I run through my top five games of the month here on Rado's channel. And I play a lot of new games every month, so this is actually a very hard video for me to pick. I played 21 new games in the month of September. And, uh, you know, it was really hard to pare it down to five, but I have done that. And that's what's here, you know, some people... Some people might call me a hero for doing this. Some people might just call me a gamer. You could just call me Grant. How about that? Let's get into my top five games of September. Hey. Number five is Emerge from Pandasaurus Games. First of all, I love the look of this game. Just the, the art style, the color scheme, it just looks really good on the table. It is one of the longest boards in board gaming I've ever played. It's not really a table hog, you know, circumference-wise. It's just a table hog in length because this board is so long. What The, the way the game works is... It is a dice placement game, but instead of placing dice on a shared board in the middle like most dice placement games, we are rolling dice and placing them on our own research boards. And we all start the game with the same research board, but then you can get upgrade tiles, modifier tiles, and change around your board. What number dice fit for what thing? What do they do? What do they get? And then we will be placing um, island tiles on the board and sort of growing our islands and then putting different meeples like seals and birds and turtles and things like that on our islands and at the end of the game you're gonna score points for how large your island is times how many meeples you got onto it and so with your own sort of research board you are going for different things and using your dice to get to place out different resources and I like that aspect of the game because most dice placement games do have us competing for spots on the board but here we have our own research board and it makes it feel a little bit unique a little bit different in the dice placement game so yeah it's a it's just a it's a really fun game you know this turns are pretty snappy because we're all rolling dice deciding where to put them and then taking our turn and then using dice from our research board to do every turn and so it it moves very quickly i like that about the game i like games that have snappy turns and emerge for sure has that i'll tell you one of the other things i love about the game emerge is it is one of the few games i've ever played that takes less time to play than the box says on it why does every board game lie on the box about how long it can take. Viticulture, in what world does that take 45 minutes to play? When can I play it in 45 minutes? I'm not a wizard that can just magically do everything at once on my turn. I feel like the people that come up with these play times are like, no friends, no chit chat. We're down to business and I don't care what's going on in your life. It is turns and it is strategy and that's it. But Emerge says 75 minutes, you could totally play Emerge in 60 minutes. Isn't that nice? Speaking of snappy turns, that's kind of the theme for the games of this month because in number four, I have another game with snappy turns called The Veil of Eternity. This is from Mandu Games and it's not that available yet in the United States, but it will be coming at some point. And so I wanted to give you the heads up 
uh, for it because it's worth checking out once it gets here. And, you know, part of me debated whether to put it in this video because I want to do videos that everybody, I mean, I want to do games that everybody can go get. But you know what? Like, there's no rules for this video. I just get to put my top five games. And this game was dope and I really liked it. I got a chance to play it a couple of times at the World Series of Board Gaming. So, you know, that's the fun thing about this video. I can put Kickstarters on here. I can put new games. I can put old games. I can put games you can't even get, but you should get when they get here. And this will get here at some point before too long. It is a card drafting tableau building game. There is a uh, there is sort of this central contraption area um, where we put out cards. We draw cards from the deck and we place them and there's different colors and they kind of do different things. And then one, uh, it's a snake draft. So we will, you know, go uh, around the table and draft these cards. But the interesting thing is you can either draft the cards in your hand and then play them at some point for their special ability, or you can throw them away for the coin value. And those coins will help you buy cards from your hand. But the thing that it does different than any other game I've ever seen is you are only allowed to have a certain number of coins, not a certain value, a certain number of actual coins. And the coins come in denominations of one, three, and six, and there's no change. So you could chuck a card and get four ones. Well, now you're stuck with those four ones because you can only have four coins. Or you can try to just chuck the four, you could try to chuck sixes and get a lot uh, of that. And so that's a really interesting restriction. It makes for some tough choices, but not like, not, you know, AP type of choices, right? The game still moves really quickly. I feel like we played this game in 45 minutes and I love a game with interesting strategy and interesting choices that still plays quickly. So the Veil of Eternity is, you know, uh, just mostly a card game. And then you're building and getting these special abilities in front of you. And it's just about how can you combo your abilities together to, it's a race to a certain number of points. And if you can build combos in front of you that work really well together, uh, it feels really satisfying too, where you're like, man, I'm scoring a bunch of points every single turn I do this because all these cards are working together. Synergy, that's what this game is. This game is an advertisement for Synergy. I like everything about the Veil of Eternity, except that dumb generic name that says nothing to me, you know? And when somebody said it to me, I was like, Veil of Eternity, I was thinking V-E-I-L, like, ooh, this eternity is shrouded in mystery. There's a veil over eternity. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then when they showed me the box and it was V-A-L-E, and I was like, oh, what does that even mean? And they're like, oh, it's a valley. So the name is the Valley of Eternity? Boy, all right. Great, we're going to the valley where everything is the same as it's always been. You know, this this valley never changes. Boy, aren't you excited? Don't you wanna, this is where you can go live forever. I don't know. Is that what you're trying to say about this valley? It's just that I, I learned nothing about it from that day. My number three game of September was Kiri the Duel from Lucky Duck Games and Mugen Gaming. I'm not exactly sure how to say it, so I apologize. Mugen Gaming. But uh, this is an Essen release 
from Lucky Duck Games and then will be available uh, in the United States and North America shortly after Essen, either in October or November, but probably before the end of the year for sure. So if you want a two-player game or if you want a card game or if you want a pocket game, this one has shot up the list of all of those things for me. It is a very small box uh, card game for two players only, and it will be it will be long one of my recommendations for those sort of things. If people are looking like, hey, what do I? What's a game I can put in my pocket and play anywhere? The, Carry I the duel for sure. Like this one, I, I it's it's so clever and interesting. You are playing as samurais facing off against each other. And there is a battlefield with a certain number of spots. And so your cards can do things like move you forward and backward on the battlefield. And then you are also playing cards to try to strike your opponent. But where the where it becomes even more clever is as a samurai, you have a high stance and a low stance. And there are cards that only work in certain stances. So it's really clever Well, you'll go, okay, let me change my stance and then strike from below, or let me move too forward and then strike from above. And so you're constantly thinking not only about what you're doing, but what about the other person is gonna do? Because I have to go, okay, I think they might be aggressive this turn. If I retreat one space and then strike from high, I might be able to hit them right now. And so you're trying to sort of read your opponent and think about what they're gonna do and then outspark them with the cards you're gonna play. And it's very simple in the sense that each of you has five cards and you have the same cards and that's it. You know, you don't have that many options, but it's just a really interesting push and pull of just moving back and forth and striking from above or from below with your samurai cards. You know, this is one that you really can sort of bring anywhere and play, and games of it last about 10 minutes. So it's one where I almost never play it once. I'm always playing it three, four times because it's like, oh, you got me last time. Okay, let's reset. Let me try to get you this time. You know, it, it brings that kind of energy where you're like, ah, we just gotta keep, best three out of five, best three out of five, let's do that. Curiae is so small, you can really bring it anywhere with you. And in fact, I brought it to a brewery with me to play with a friend, and we were playing it in a brewery, and then another very drunk gentleman saw us playing this game and stumbled over and was like, oh, what are you guys playing? And then I was like, oh, it's a game about two samurais. And then he proceeded to do a very offensive and racist accent at us. And I was like, wow, this is a real advertisement for why you shouldn't bring interesting things into public, yeah? That guy wasn't gonna walk over to us if we weren't playing a game. And I love playing games in public, but now there are times where I'm gonna look around at whoever else is there and decide then whether I'm playing a game in public or not. My number two is Tesseract from Smirk and Dagger Games. I love cooperative games because I feel like it's a, you know, I'm a very competitive person and I like playing competitive games, but it is nice to have a break from the competitiveness. It's it's nice to have a break from that feeling of like, I want to beat you right now and just work together. And Tesseract will for sure be in my top cooperative games 
of the year. I can already tell that right now. Uh, one of the things I like about it, well, first let me say what it is. So there is a 64 cube of dice and there's a bunch of dice that make up this big cube and we are working together to contain the anomaly before we run out of dice or until we get too many breaches. And so we are all working together to take dice off of this, put them in the containment field, get them to the right values, not have too many values in our breach area. And so, you know, we can lose either by, if you have uh, three dice of one value in your breach area, that causes a breach, or if you run out of dice on your in your dice cube, your Tesseract, then you can lose that way. And I think the thing I like about it the most is that there are a lot of cooperative games that, you know, while we win and lose together, we're kind of doing our own thing most of the time. You know, it's like, oh, what are you doing on your turn? Great, okay, this is what I'm doing on my turn. And there's not that much, you know, talking and figuring it out together. Tesseract is a puzzle that we all need to figure out together. We will be communicating and talking and the whole time. And I don't think of it as quarterbacking at all because it's not one person doing it. We all need to be talking about it. We all need to be go going, okay, I think this is what I should be doing on my turn, but if you could set me up by doing this, then that would help. And then, oh, over here, you guys could do this. And so we have a certain number of actions to use on our turn, and there just needs to be a lot of communication or, or we're gonna lose the game. And so, and everybody needs to be communicating together. While you do have individual turns, it's almost like we all have collective turns together because we're all figuring it out at the same time. The game scales in difficulty very well because when you lose a column of dice, there is a base plate and a bad thing happens, and there are eight of those base plates. So, you know, it can get pretty hard. Uh, I've, I've played just the first two, and I uh, I solved the first two, but now I want I, I, like, I want to see how much how much I can push it. Can I get up to seven, eight, you know? Can, will we be able to accomplish it? I'm sure we need a little bit of luck on our side and some real solid planning together. So, you know, if you like cooperative games, Tesseract is a great one to check out for sure. I admit, I can't hear the word Tesseract without thinking of the Avengers. And so I am here with a PSA that this game has nothing to do with the Avengers, okay? We are not traveling back in time to contain the power of the Tesseract. We're not traveling back in time to harness its power. We don't need Captain America's help, okay? We just need the help of our friends and family that we're playing this lovely game with. And my number one game of the month was Last Light from Gray Fox Games. Full disclosure, I am friends with the designer of the game, Roy Cannaday, but also full disclosure, I have played a lot of games from friends and been like, yikes, <laughs> okay, you did it, you made a game, hey, you got to the end. Boy, I don't know what else to say. I, I don't have to say that to Roy because Roy didn't just make a game. He succeeded at making a great game. And so, I, you know, it's just super fun. I love, um, you know, like I said earlier in this video, this is sort of the month of snappy turn games. And Last Light 
is so snappy because there's so much simultaneous play in the game. We all have the same six cards, the same six actions, essentially, and we are simultaneously picking one, flipping it up, and then all doing that thing at the same time. And the simultaneous play is what really helps the playtime, you know, diminish in this game. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard people say like, oh, this is a 4X game you can play in 60 minutes. And yeah, I was skeptical when I heard that, and it really is. I had a chance to play it multiple times at the World Series of Board Gaming, and it really is a 4X game that plays in 60 minutes. I mean, honestly, it's kind of shocking how fast it goes sometimes. Like, there, one of my games that I played, I was like, wait, it's over? I, di I didn't do all the things I wanted to yet, you know? I took too long to get my engine going, I let somebody else run away with it that I was kicking myself afterwards because I was like, surely there's more time and there wasn't more time. So you gotta like kick it into high gear right away in this game. There's no waiting and building up stuff. You are trying to do a bunch of things right away. And so, you know, I, I just, I love, again, the snappy turns of the game. It looks really cool on the table. The table presence of it is awesome. All the little sort of planets. And one nice thing to note is there is a deluxe version of the game and a retail version of the game. And those cool planets are in both versions of the game. You know, you don't, I think that's really cool that they put those in the retail version of the game. The retail version has like, you know, cardboard um, uh, resources and things like that. So you're not going to get all of the upgrades, but you still get those really cool planets and you still get that cool table presence. So this is, it feels like an epic game that you can play quickly. You know, this, it really does with that space theme and the exploration and stuff. This feels kind of like a Twilight Imperium boiled down to an hour. And I love that about it. I would also like to take this time to issue a public apology to Roy Cannonay because he was gracious enough to teach us this game at the World Series of Board Gaming. But he did teach us at like 10 or 11 p.m. at night when we were already kind of drunk. And so it was me and Danielle Standring and a couple of the Shut Up and Sit Down guys and Andrew from Chip Theory Games and I don't think we were the best audience for a rules teach, you know? We're all, he's like trying to explain the rules to us and we're like high-fiving and making jokes and dr putting back drinks and having a great time and be like, yeah, yeah, we get it. And we didn't always get it. And so I apologize that we were not the best people for a rules teach, but I did come back like the next day and was like, okay, I want to wrap my head around this more. I want to play this again. I'm let, Please let me play it again. Please don't ostracize me. Don't cut me out of this game. I love it. That's it for me this month. I highly recommend all five of these games. All of them are fun for different reasons, for different people. So I hope you found something that you like here. I love going through my top games and I love recommending games to people because I want everybody to find games that they love out there. And you know, Rado's great at that too. You know, I love all, uh, he makes a lot of great videos that get me hyped about different games. So make sure to check out Rado's videos and subscribe to his channel. And please come over to my channel and subscribe over there too. I make uh, I make videos about games all of the time and I also do some comedy stuff over there. So we have a good time on Grant's Game Rex. All right, thanks everybody. Have a great week or weekend or whenever you're watching this. Peace.